Uh, but we are pumped that you're here today and going to be finishing up this series XOXO. I want to tell you just a few things really quickly. First of all, thank you to Harbor House for being here today. And uh, yeah. Thank you to Christine, who's heading up our, our strategic partnership. She's doing an incredible job with that. Um, and uh, pumped to have her up here. Love Pastor John and Christine. Hey, listen, a uh, couple things happening that you need to know about. Next Sunday is Imagine Sunday. How many people have ever been a part of our Imagine Sunday? Let me see your hand. All right, we're having Imagine Sunday next Sunday, March the 5th. If you've never been a part of Imagine Sunday, it's just our church's attempt to uh, be generous. And so we update you on all of the things that we've been doing as a church to be generous. Uh, over the last nine years, we've given away over $400,000 as a church to help plant churches, uh, build orphanages, help local ministries here in the area. It's kind of what we do. It's what we're about. And so you'll get to hear more about that next week. And we will take up a special offering for our Imagine Offering to, to give away and to, uh, and to be generous. So just wanted you to know about that. Love for you to be here uh, uh, next Sunday for that Imagine uh, service, all right? The other thing we want you to know is that we're giving away a cruise today. Holla! So um, if when you came in, you were given, uh, there's in your seat is one of these cards. Here's what we need you to do, all right? We need you to fill this card out. Go ahead right now. I'm giving you permission to go ahead and do it. Find a pen. Go ahead right now. And fill this out, and uh, Richard has a bu uh, bucket. He's going to be collecting these. We need you to go ahead and drop them in there for us. And uh, we will be drawing for the winner of the uh, cruise after the 1130 service. Sorry, we can't do it after this service, but that would eliminate like half the crowd, which you're okay with. We understand. Uh, but every week that you've been here and you've filled these out, we'll be drawing today to give away that cruise. So once you're done, just kind of hold it up. Richard's walking around with the bucket and he will pick those up for you. He's doing an incredible job. We're also drawing for some other prizes as well. If you are a mom and you have a minivan, we're giving away a car detail package. We're giving away a dinner to catch 23. We're giving away a uh, free spring tune-up for your car if you're a single mom. We've got a lots of different um, prizes we're giving away. We're just pumped that you're here. All right, while you're filling out those cards and dropping that in the bucket, we want you to know that while we're going to attempt to answer a lot of your questions today about relationships, there's no way we're going to be able to answer all of them. And so we want to be able to answer uh, questions. And so during the message today, if at any point you have any questions, uh, you can text them in and the number is up on the screen, 502-208-8872. That is an anonymous number. It's a Google number. We don't know Y'all really it. took advantage of us last week. Yeah, you really, got you pretty really, fierce in the 1130 service. Those questions, whoa. I was teaching a sex ed class up here. But, um, but we don't know who's sending that, so feel free to text whatever it is that you, you'd like to text, uh, and we'll try to answer that uh, for you at the end of the message. All right, so that's all of the upfront stuff. Keep, keep filling out those cards. Richard's doing a great job. If anybody wants to help Richard, you can do that as well. We didn't think through this uh, as much. Have you noticed, just speaking of uh, Richard, have you noticed our security team the last couple of weeks been serving in the church? Pumped about that. Somebody asked me, they're like, bro, why you got to have security at the church, man? What's going on? And our thing is, like, we just don't want to be a week late. You know what I mean? Like, we just want to have a secure, safe environment for you, for your family, for your kids. We don't want some stranger walking back into the kids' hallway. I know you don't. Uh, we don't want somebody out of their mind walking in here and causing problems. So we just said, hey, let's go ahead and have security before we need security. And then we'll be ready. So uh, I was going to say give them a hug, but they're security. You don't want to do that. Just give them a big high five. Tell them thank you for keeping me safe and for being awesome 
uh, when you see them, okay? So here's what we're going to do today for this last week of XOXO. Andrew and I are going to talk about our favorite topic when it comes to relationships. Take that back. Sex is probably the favorite topic. <laughs> but as far as talking about it in church, we, our favorite thing to talk about is communication. We're talking about communication today. And, uh, and we've been using Genesis chapter 3 as a foundation for this whole series. We've gone back to Adam and Eve in the garden, the first relationship, and, and tried to see some of the dynamics of that relationship because we feel like that they relate to, to where we are in our relationships. And so we're going to jump right back in to Genesis chapter 3. And here's what verse 7 says, Genesis 3, 7. It says, at that moment, this is after Eve ate the apple, Adam ate the apple. It says, at that moment, their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness, which we totally get and relate to that. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. So here's Adam and Eve now that sin has entered the picture, shame has entered the picture, insecurity has entered the picture. And the Bible says that now you have man and wife, you have husband and wife, man and woman, you have them together, they're married, they're in a relationship, but they're hiding. They're hiding. And in all of the couples that we've counseled over the years and all the conversations that we have in our own relationship and the relationships of our friends and our family, here's what we find that is the biggest hindrance to having the relationship that God wants you to have, a thriving marriage, a thriving relationship he wants you to have. Here, here's the biggest struggle we find is that there's not open and honest communication. There is hiding there, there is, well, we talk about 80% of it, but we don't talk about the 20%. There is, I can't really tell you how I feel right now because uh, you would be too upset about it. Or, or there's all sorts of things that we're hiding. And I'm not even talking about the big, like, oh, my gosh, I've got a massive, like, heroin addiction, okay, which they'd probably figure that out eventually. I'm talking about, like, anything and everything that you just don't communicate, either because you don't think you need to or you don't want to or you're afraid to. Uh, we got to communicate because great marriages happen when both spouses stop hiding. Great marriages happen when both spouses stop hiding. And, and this is not literally hiding. Like you can be around each other all the time, but you can still be hiding uh, and not communicating and not knowing how, how the other person's feeling. Andrea said to me the other day, because we've been married almost 13 years, June will be 13 years, and she said to me the other day, she said, I feel like you are doing such a better job at telling me what you're thinking and how you're feeling now than you ever have before. Now, that's 13 years into marriage. I'm a little bit of a loner. I live a lot in my head. And so now here we are almost 13 years into marriage, and she's saying to me, I feel like maybe for the first time ever in our relationship and in our marriage, like you're actually telling me how you're feeling, which is tough for us guys, right? Like how I'm feeling, that's kind of tough. She's like, man, 13 years, I feel like it's just now starting to happen. So this is something that all of us deal with, and we've got to work on. We've got to communicate. Here's, and here's why that's such a big deal for me, because you are incredibly stable. You're incredibly able to compartmentalize. And so like if, he's, if he's not letting me into his thought process, yeah. you know, I do feel like guys have the advantage of, like, you can kind of tell when girls are emotional or upset. Like, we wear it a little bit more, right? right? But, you know, with the dudes, it can be a little bit tougher. So yeah. that, that's why that's such a big deal. And sometimes marriage can feel like a game of Marco Polo. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I know it's not summertime swim time yet, but, but Sadie, my oldest daughter, she really got into Marco Polo last year. She's loving the game, Marco Polo. And sometimes it can feel like Marco Polo, like, 
like you're married and you don't know where your spouse is, what they're thinking, what they're feeling. You're like, Marco, Polo, like you're trying to, like, where are you at? What are you feeling? What are you thinking? I'm trying to be careful not to fall off the stage. Like, what? <laughs> what? Anybody ever felt like that? Don't yes. raise your hand. In your relationship and in your marriage, like, I just need to know where you are. What are you thinking? What are you feeling? How, how can we communicate? Every relationship, for the most part, has uh, somebody who likes to communicate and somebody who probably doesn't. <laughs> And so we've got to uh, we got to work on that a little bit. And so we're going to break it down super simple today. We want to talk about three areas where we got to work on communication. This is going to apply to married couples. This is going to apply to uh, engaged couples. This is going to apply to dating couples who think it's getting serious. Like it's been like two dates, and he he or she's the one, and you're like this is so serious right now. Uh, we're going to help you out with that. And. Uh, Anybody, honestly, who just ever plans on being in a great relationship or a great marriage, this is for you today. Three areas where um, we need to communicate. You ready? They even kind of rhyme a little bit, which I'm pumped about because they rhyme a little bit. All right, so write these down. They'll be up on the screen for you, but here we go. Number one, we've got to communicate expectations. Everybody say expectations. Expectations. We've got to communicate expectations. Your spouse cannot read your mind. Good place to say amen for whoever the communicator is in the relationship. Your spouse cannot read your mind. We deal with this all the time because Andrea's playing Marco Polo with me, it seems like. And, and, and I would get frustrated because I think she can read my mind, okay? And I could give you a lot of examples that would make me sound incredibly dumb, so I'm not going to do that right now. But uh, I just assume that she can, can read my mind, and, and here's what we know is true, and we have to realize that if we don't know it's true, is that it is unfair to be upset about something that you haven't made clear. Right. It is unfair to be upset about something that you haven't made clear. I'm, I want to give you one example. So six years ago, oh, it's, still, it's still scarred. Six years ago, uh, it was Valentine's Day, and uh, I said to Andrea, because there again, expectations. I grew up in a house where you didn't celebrate the holiday on the day. Anybody grew up in a house where like it didn't matter what day you celebrated it, it's just that you celebrated it? Okay, I'm the only one. Great. Yes, All right. You're the only one. So, so Valentine's Day is not February 22nd. Whenever there's the least amount of wait at the restaurant. So, so we're like at this point, six years into marriage, and uh, you know, done Valentine's a lot of different ways. And I said to her, I think she said to me first, like, listen, I know that, like, you don't have to celebrate on the day and all this stuff, but I really want to celebrate Valentine's on Valentine's Day this year. Like, want to do the whole Valentine's thing. I'm like, okay, great. You know, like, we'll wait three hours at a restaurant. It's no problem. So we, uh, we decide that we're going to go out, and uh, I say to her, I say, Andrea, what do you want to do? And okay? I interpreted that as I already told you what I wanted to do. I wanted right. to celebrate Valentine's Day, and I want you to handle it. Yeah. So it felt like him, and again, this is my thought process, it felt like him not picking up the mantle to be romantic. Can anybody get on board with that? You know what I'm saying? Don't, don't like, if that. I have don't to spell that. it out for you, then I'm not, like, I'm not going to give you yeah. a script. Yeah, don't applaud that. So anyway, <laughs> um, so I say, what do you want to do? And this is what she says to me. I know for a fact this is what she said to me. She said, uh, let's just do dinner. We don't really have to do anything else. Like, I would just like to go to, like, a nice dinner. I said, great. That's no problem. So I set up, like, a 345 reservation, just anything <laughs> not having to wait as long as possible at the restaurant. So I, it was really, like, probably at 430. But anyway, so us and all the senior adults are eating dinner at the restaurant. 
And uh, we get done. Uh, we went downtown, went to, to a restaurant, and we get done. And we get back in the car, and we're driving home. And it's 6 p.m. And Andrea says to me, yeah, the sun's still out. And we Andrea had a babysitter me, and everything. Andrea says to me, like, oh, what are we doing now? And guys, do you ever realize, like, you, you didn't know you were in trouble, but you realize at that moment you're in trouble? And I'm like, well, we're, uh, we're going home. That's not what you said. You said, I don't know, what do you want to do? I, yeah, at some point, yeah, right, anyway. So at some point... I said to her, we're going home, and she got upset, and we had one of the biggest fights of our marriage on Valentine's Day six years ago. It was so romantic. And I was frustrated because I thought I knew what she expected. I didn't feel like she had communicated. She felt like I should have understood what she was communicating. I can give you a million examples where I was on the wrong end, and I was probably on the wrong end on this one, but I just... <laughs> That's just an example where there was major frustration because expectations had not been communicated. So let's talk a little bit about before you get married, all right? Because this is huge, all right? Whether you're engaged or it's been two dates and you know they're the one, all right? You have to be able to communicate expectations, all right? For us, it was always an expectation of mine. So much of our expectations is the house that we're raised in. But it was an expectation of mine like we were, we were going to move away from home. Like, we were going to get married, and I was going to go work at a church somewhere, and we were just never really going to live around family because I never lived around family, and that was just always an expectation. We're going to go wherever, you know, God sends us to go. That's what we would do. And I think where we get into trouble is if that's always his mindset, and that's just so blatantly obvious to him and the culture that he grew up in, you forget that you need to communicate that because, like, everybody I mean, that's just like what you do. You just get a job and you just move away. Why should we have to talk about that? Does that make sense? Yeah. So like you make so many assumptions. We communicate about the things we want to communicate about. I think where we fall into trouble is when it's like, well, duh. Like, how did you not know that? And then that can spiral as well. So, So if you are thinking about being with someone, marrying someone, this is getting serious, you have to communicate expectations. And sometimes we're afraid to do that because we don't want to mess up a good thing. Let me just, there's something worse than breaking up now, and that is breaking up later after you haven't, you realize you haven't talked about communication. So I just jotted down some, some expectation questions that you need to be having, uh, and some of you are already married and you need to ask these questions, but that's a different story because you can't break up. But um, some of you, you need to have these, uh, you need to ask these questions, and when they're being answered, if you hear or feel something in your heart or in your mind saying, uh-oh, uh-oh, run, 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 run. You need to go. Uh, it doesn't mean you can't work through some of these things, but they're, they're, they're important for a reason. So here's a, this is no particular order. I just jotted these down. Uh, expectation questions you need to be having with somebody uh, that you're thinking about marrying. How important is money to you? That's an important question. Do you want kids? Do you want to stay home with the kids? Uh, do you expect... Uh, me or them to be home at a certain time every day. Like we talk to couples all the time. It's like guys rolling in from work at like 7 p.m. And the, and the wife is like completely upset because she always thought like you get home at five. That's when her dad got home at five o'clock. Why aren't you getting home at five o'clock? That's a huge expectation. Um, how many vacations do you think we're gonna take each year? That, that's kind of an important question. Uh, will you ever move away from your family? 
You need to ask that question. Will you ever move away from your family? Or will we eat lunch at your mom's house every Sunday? I like, think we need another, to know one, that. another one that's so good. A big conversation for us too was, do you, are both people's careers like prioritized? So like we went into it knowing God called us to ministry. So when I decided to take on teaching, I had to have a mindset like, we don't move for my job, but we would move for his job. That's a huge conversation. Yeah. And we, talk, we, 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 we talked about that. Have that conversation. Um, uh-oh, here's a big one. This is like a deal breaker sometimes. Is church a priority for you? Is a relationship with God a priority for you? Or are you just coming to church right now because you want to sleep with me, and once you sleep with me, you're not going to come to church with me anymore? Do you yell when you get angry? Like, you got to talk about that. I did not grow up in a yelling house. We didn't yell. We're loud talkers. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to to tell you. Like, yeah, I mean, I talk loud, but, like, I did not grow up in an angry house. I never saw my dad ever lose his temper. Like, I just don't do anger. Like, anger's dumb. Like, we just don't do that. Your house is a little bit different. I I assume, I have great parents, but I assumed that discipline was accompanied with, like, Yelling. Yeah. So that you need to talk about that. Like, because if you did not come from a home where there was yelling and you're with somebody who's a yeller, you're going to think, like, they're going to murder me. And they think, like, what? Like, we're, we're just communicating. talking. Like, we're just talking. <laughs> we're just talking right We're now. communicating. I'm not even angry. I'm not even angry. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Pretty much. Okay. Um, John and Christine live two doors over, so we have to, we have to keep it. We have to. Yeah. I'm kidding. Um, do you use credit cards? That's something you need to talk about. Um, after we're married, how often do you expect us to have sex? You need to talk about that. Um, are having nice things or is having nice things important to you? You need to talk about that. Um, this is one we talked about, and every season's been a little bit different, but do you expect us to go to bed together every night? Like, do we end the day together, in the bed together at the, you know, every night? Or do you go to bed when you're tired and I go to bed when I'm tired? I think for a lot of ladies, that's an expectation that you have in your head. And you're, like, punishing your husband because he, he's not on the same page. Yeah. You're like, why am I so angry, you know, and like, every frustrated. Been different for season, us. Yeah, for and sure. You, our expectations have been different during each season. So um, those are just a couple examples. You could probably come up with a bunch more. But you, if you are thinking about marrying someone, like, married people, don't amen right now in case you feel like you got snookered. But, like, like... <laughs> If you're thinking about getting married, talk to a married couple and ask them how important it is to know expectations up front because you don't want to find out later that you, you, you wish you would have known something earlier, all right? Now, here, here's the thing about expectations, and we, we, we could spend a whole sermon just on this part, uh, expectations, but here's what you got to know about expectations. Not every expectation is reasonable. Right. Like, you may have a ton of expectations, and that's awesome for you. Right. But not every expectation is, uh, is reasonable. At its core, marriage is about being selfless. It's about viewing the other person as more important than yourself. So I've seen a lot of marriages and lived in a marriage for myself a lot of times where one person makes all the demands and the other person tries to please them. And that gets old really fast. And so I'm not saying to like lower all your expectations or lower the bar so low that like I'm just looking for someone who is breathing. Like that's not... Like, you can have more expectations than that, but, like, if your expectations are, like, you know, I expect, like, 6'4", 3% body fat, 
um, brown hair, blue eye. You, know, you, you see where I'm going with this, $147,000 salary. You see where I'm going with this. Like, you can keep holding out for that, but you may want to change some of your expectations to be a little bit um, uh, more reasonable. If you find yourself constantly upset that your expectations aren't being met, it's possible you're married to an absolute bum. But it's probably more likely that you've got unreal or unreasonable expectations if you're always upset that, that expectations aren't being met. And then the last thing I'll say about expectations is it's not even just about what you can do for me. I also want Andrea to know expectations that, that what she can expect of me as well. Um, and we've talked about this at length. I, was, I started saying this to her before we ever got married or ever got engaged maybe and, and still say it. Like, I want Andrea to know that she can expect I'm never leaving. I'm never leaving. So like, we're in this. Like, you're stuck with me. I got four kids. That's for the good. rest of your life. Like, you, I'm never leaving. So you can just expect that. I'm not walking out the door when we get in a fight. I'm not going to my mom and dad's house when we're struggling. I'm not leaving you. I'm not divorcing you. Like, and, and even, and, and, and this is a whole other conversation for another time. And I, I'm not, I know a lot of you have been in a lot of different places. So I'm not putting my expectations on you. But we even had the conversation like, there's nothing you could do to me. I'm not leaving you. Like, this is till death do us part. So you either kill me or you're married to me. But that's the only options you got at this point, okay? So I'm not putting my expectations on you, but that's just something for us. Um, another, expect, another thing she can expect of me, I'm never going to hurt you on purpose. I'm going to hurt you, but I'm never going to hurt you on purpose. And so we've talked about that a lot. But, like, I just want you to know that, that if you are crying or if I did something that hurt you, it was never on purpose because love doesn't hurt on purpose. And so that's something she can expect of me. So we have to communicate expectations. Everybody say expectations. Expectations. Okay, number two, we got to communicate frustrations. Say that rhymes. You got to communicate <laughs> frustrations. You got to communicate expectations. You got to communicate frustrations, okay? Frustration is just unmet expectation. Yep. Anytime you've ever been frustrated in life, all frustration is is unmet expectations. So it's worth repeating, have you made your expectations clear? Because if you've made your expectations clear, you're probably going to limit frustration. But this is huge for Andrew and I. And if you've been here in the past and we've talked about relationships and marriage, you know that, that we spend a lot of time talking about fighting fair, how to fight. Fighting is a part of marriage. We get that. How do you fight? How do you fight and not kill each other? Um, and one of the ways that Andrea and I have really uh, limited, not, not eliminated, but limited uh, those knockdown drag outs up till three in the morning type of fights is by communicating frustrations. I'm making up a statistic here, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I would probably once a day, at least, <laughs> if not every other day, one of us is communicating a frustration to the other person. I right? thought you were going to say it was all on me. No, like are was... you kidding? <laughs> okay. No way. Um, and so what's, what's incredible about, uh, about communicating frustrations is you're giving permission to verbalize frustrations without starting a fight. So this is super practical, and I hope this is helpful for you, but I just want to kind of explain to you how this works. And we're not the experts on marriage, and, and, and everybody is different, like, Remember what I said, I didn't come from a house where you yell and fight. Like, I just don't do that. That's not my personality. Um, and after 13 years, like, we just don't do that much. But it doesn't mean that, we, like, it's not like we don't fight because we're not upset. 
It's not like we don't fight because somebody didn't drop the ball or we're not disappointed. I would say that the reason that we don't fight, I mean, very, very little, what I consider we have a fight, is because we're constantly communicating uh, frustration. And and you want to explain kind of how this works for us? That, and that's even like our key phrase. So like the minute that I've started thinking about something, like it's kind of occupying my mind, like it's, I'm not blowing up or exploding. Like I'll say like, listen, it really frustrated me that the last week, you know, I've gotten up every single time that Zeke needed something like, and I've asked for your help and you haven't jumped in. Um, like, and that's the level I would say that we like talk about it. Uh, for the most part. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> it might have a little bit more heat. Like, you know, I'm really frustrated that the last week I've asked you to help out, you know, a couple of different times and you have not jumped in. It's, it's really starting to get to me. Um, and from there, it's not like an explosive, like, yeah. ah, I can't stand you. And we, we, this could be major things. Like, I'm frustrated that you haven't been home four nights in a row because you've been working late or whatever. Yeah. Or it could be like, I'm frustrated because every time I get in your car, it's always on empty. Anybody, come on. That's good preaching. No, okay, never mind. Um, y'all are cowards. I know that some of y'all are frustrated about that. Uh, it could be something as silly as like, I'm frustrated that I got out of the shower and there were no clean towels and I'm freezing and I'm going to use that damp towel I've used four days in a row. Like it could be, um, it could be anything. We're going to air our dirty laundry for you I'm, all. Huh? I'm frustrated that you cut your toenails in the bed. Like, Ew. I'm frustrated. Gross. That's so gross. Wow. I'm the only one, I guess. All right. <laughs> uh, That's so gross. So it could, be, it could be massive things. I did not realize we really hit on a topic right there. <laughs> Nobody does That's that. That's our next series. Um, thank no. you. Honest Dave over here. So, okay, so I'm saying we got some pointing going on. Do not, do not. Yeah, so um, it could be major things um, or it could be really small things. Here's, here, here is the magic of communicating frustrations. If you're frustrated, it's legitimate. Yeah. Because guess what? You feel frustrated. So it doesn't do me any good to say like, no, nah, you're not frustrated. No, no, she's frustrated. Well, that's dumb for being frustrated. You shouldn't be frustrated. Well, guess what? She's already frustrated. So if she's frustrated, the way it's worked for us, and it's not like we read a book or like wrote a manual about this. It's just kind of how it's evolved for us. If one spouse says to the other one, hey, listen, I didn't talk to you for a second. I'm frustrated. That is a signal to the other person, stop what you're doing, turn off the TV, close the laptop, uh, get off your phone. I need you to focus for 30 seconds or maybe three minutes or sometimes 30 minutes. And I need to tell you what I'm frustrated about. And so when the person starts talking, there's a couple of things we want to affirm, whether we say it or not. Number one is you have the right to be frustrated. I'm tough to live with. And I mean that about you too. Like, like it's hard to live with another person. It's hard to be a parent with another person. You have a right to be frustrated. Second thing I want to affirm is I want you to know that I hear what you're saying. I'm listening. I hear what you're saying. Number three, I want you to know I will fix it if I can. Sometimes you don't want me to fix it, but if I can fix it, I'm going to fix it. I'll be home at a reasonable hour because I've been gone too much. I would say we even do this with our kids. Like everything we're talking about now applies to our kids too. Like we will say directly expectations that we have. You cannot go outside until your room is at an eight or a nine. 
out of 10. It doesn't have to be perfect and spotless, but the expectation is that you get it to an eight or a nine. And then I, I will say to the kids all the time, listen, I am so frustrated that you have not done what I have asked you. This is the third time I've asked you. Mommy's really frustrated. Can you understand why I'm frustrated? Why am I frustrated? I'll ask the kids to say it back to me. So all of these principles apply with them as well. And I also feel like when, when we have those conversations, like we, we had a big one at the beginning of January that was probably about two hours that a few years ago would have been knocked down drag out. I'm and to remember what it was. It was about working together and collaborating on creative oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So since I've come on staff at the church, like this is a whole nother dynamic to our marriage oh, is yeah. understanding the difference between when is he my boss and when is he my husband. Y'all want to talk about needing some major maturity on yeah. my part. Um, you know, but that's a huge dynamic, yeah. a huge dynamic. And being able to have conversation where yeah. nobody is crying or screaming or slamming doors. Totally. That's a win. If mama gets the three frustrations, watch out, because it's going to blow. Um, so for us, uh, it, that's just our key word. It's like a safety valve. I'm frustrated. Here's why I'm frustrated. I'm talking about why I'm frustrated. If we don't do that, then what's going to happen is like six frustrations from now, it's going to be World War III. And then what's going to happen is we're going to bring up all the past frustrations, all the past mistakes. You remember like six weeks ago when I got out of the shower? That's right, no towels. Like, what? <laughs> Six weeks ago, we have moved on since then. So, like, you bring up all these, I mean, this is like a whole other thing, but, like, everybody chooses a weapon when you fight. You know, we've talked about this before. So, like, some people choose a machine gun. It's like, let me just blow and spray everything I'm angry about, about life and myself. Some people use landmines. Like, I'm just going to act like I'm cool, but wait till you step on that one right there, and I got you. Like, that's sabotage. Some people use a shotgun. Like, I'm just going to blow you away with one statement. Like, I'm just, Poof, there you go. You're done, right? Like, everybody chooses a weapon when That's you fight. really good, actually. So, you know Way to go on the that? metaphor. No, I like that. For real? Very I good. I thought we talked about this. I don't know. Very anyway, good. so I, I, I am totally like a, like a landmine booby trap guy. Like, that's, like, I'm just be like, no, no, I'm cool. I'm cool. <laughs> like, I just got you. A little more machine gun. And so, and so... What this has allowed us to do is to just like, hey, look, everything's cool. We're not fighting. I'm not leaving. Like, you know, it's just, we're just, we're just, I'm frustrated and I want to talk about it. And so we really want to encourage every couple in here, even as you go into your next relationship, take this with you. Um, because fighting, massive major World War III fights does more damage than you realize. And so we want to try to avoid that. So here, here is. Can I say two things really fast and you can close out? I'm so sorry. Two okay. things. One. I used to get in huge trouble early on in our marriage. You didn't get in trouble. Because, We're partners. Well, okay. I don't get you in trouble. He really would do something that was awful. Not awful, but annoying, dumb, whatever. But the way that I handled myself was worse than what he did to begin with. Y'all with me? And so there is a godly way to say something. Yeah. Like whatever it is that needs to be shared, whatever needs to be communicated there is a godly way to do it. Yeah. And you have to fight for that. Like you have to be intentional and yeah. slow down and you have to find the godly way to do it. Um, but that I, I think has been one of the biggest changes as well. Like there, you can totally lose yeah. and miss if, out because of the way you handle yourself. If you think to yourself, this is gonna be so good, like I'm gonna annihilate them, don't say it. 
That's the good. You said you had two things. You have it? Okay. Yeah. All right. So here, here's here's what I would say if you're here and you want to try to install this into your relationship. Here, here's kind of if I was giving instructions. Here's what I would tell you to do. Write this down. I would first of all say you're frustrated. Don't be vague about it. Say I'm frustrated. Hey, I need to talk to you. I'm frustrated. I feel like the baby's cried three nights in a row, and I get up and get the baby every time, and we have two in diapers. So it's like, how many diapers have you changed? I'm keeping score. No, I'm not keeping score. Like, oh, okay, whatever. Say you're frustrated. Number two, explain why you're frustrated without being hurtful. Well, I'm frustrated because you're a lazy bum, and it must be nice to do whatever you want. When I'm over here busting my tail, that's not what we're talking about. That's hurtful. That's not helpful. So explain why without being hurtful. Um, Number three, if you're the other person, apologize. Not, I'm sorry if that bothered you. No, it bothered them. So like, hey, listen, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done it. I can understand why that would be frustrating. That's a big thing we try to say is like, can you understand why I'm frustrated? Totally. I totally understand why you're frustrated. That would be incredibly frustrating. And then this is the big one is just forgive and move on. So for us, and it's not like we signed a contract, but for us, like once we say what we're frustrated about and we forgive and move on, like we're not bringing it up. Unless this isn't like habitual habit, like we're not bringing it up anymore. Like it's so the next time we fight, that's why our fights are so short because we don't have any ammunition because we let it go, all right? And I'm not trying to make it sound like we never, you know, get frustrated, fight with, obviously, like we're two highly outspoken people, um, but this is just the way that we've limited collateral damage. It's just like, hey, I'm frustrated. Let's talk about the frustration, and now we're moving on. And when we're around other couples, and maybe this happens when we're around them, sometimes they're like, oh, my gosh, like, are you all okay? Do, we, do you need a room? Like, do you need, like, do we need to leave? You know, it's like, no, no, we're good. Like, we're just communicating and, and communicating our frustrations. All right, so we're going to communicate expectations. Everybody say expectations. expectations. We're going to communicate frustrations. Everybody say frustrations. frustrations. Last one. Here we go. We're going to communicate celebrations. We're going to communicate celebrations, all right? Communicate celebrations. We've used a little hashtag throughout this series, throw the parade. Like if your spouse is, you know, if you've ever said to your spouse, like, what, do you like want a parade? Yes. Throw the parade, okay? So that's been our hashtag throughout this series, throw the parade, throw the parade, throw the parade. No matter how small, no matter how insignificant it is, no matter if you've done it a million times and they did it one time, just throw the parade. Because what happens is when we celebrate, what gets celebrated gets duplicated, All right, what gets celebrated gets duplicated. So celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. Let me give you a couple of questions that will help you to celebrate more, to communicate celebrations. Number one, what is something that they do naturally well that you take for granted? What's something that they do naturally well that you take for granted? Andrea is naturally an encourager. So I rarely think to myself like, well, I'm so lucky to be married to an encourager. I've just always known her as an encourager. So if I'm not careful, I will never celebrate the fact that she's an encourager. She says about me all the time, like, you're just very emotionally stable and, like, never, I don't have to worry about you, like, being emotionally unstable. That sounds like a weird thing to celebrate, like, baby, I just love the fact you're so emotionally stable. We've met a lot of emotionally unstable people, so maybe you need to celebrate that a little bit. Um, Maybe they're good at, like, helping around the house, but because you've always known them to be good at helping around the house, you just take for granted, like, yeah, you fixed drywall or you fixed the toilet or whatever, Um, there are lots of women who would love to have a man who knows how to do that or vice versa. And so you need to, what's something they do naturally well that you take for granted? Number two, what do they take care of or put up with so you don't have to? Right? Maybe they pay all the bills. Maybe they make repairs around the house. We talked about that. Maybe they get the kids up and get them ready for school. 
And it's like, okay, I just take it for granted because you've always done it. But, man, I really want to communicate celebration. Like, thank you so much that I get to get up, eat breakfast, and go to the office. And I don't even realize how incredible it is that you have to get four kids ready to get out the door until you're gone. And I do it for one day, and I'm ready to, like, give all my children up. That comment right there will bring so much life to somebody's relationship. That will make the other, whoever is receiving that, it's going to make them go, thank you. Like, finally, somebody noticed, you know, what, what I work so hard to try and accomplish. So either, either way, whoever you're celebrating, like, it's just going to um, build them up. I heard um, Max Licato say one time, the one time I got to see him in person, he said, and he just had, like, 60 seconds to talk. He said, add, add value to people. That was, that was his big takeaway. Like, all these years of leadership, all these books written, he said, add value to people. And when you celebrate your kids, your spouse, your coworkers, the people who you are in leadership over, it, it, just, it just lifts them up. Like, it just immediately yep. um, changes, you know, their demeanor. All right, here's another way you can identify celebrations. Where are they putting forth effort because you asked them to or because you said you were frustrated? So sometimes they're not performing at the level you want them to perform at, but they're trying because you said you wanted them to try. So we gave an example the first week, which sounds so small and petty and insignificant, but it's valid. Like Andrea's like, I really need you to help with the laundry. But then she hates the way I fold everything. So then she gets mad about it. Instead of saying, and this is way back when, but instead of saying like, hey, thank you. I know I asked you to help with the laundry and I'm noticing how much you're trying to help with the laundry. Instead of saying like, this isn't a fold, okay? Like, th this is not the way you do it, right? Celebrate what they're working on or putting forth effort. Um, and here's a big one. <clears throat> Where are they doing something that they don't want to do, but they're doing it because they know that you like it? All right? Let me just, let me just give you all one example. I love it when my wife wears glasses. I think it's so sexy. I love it when she wears glasses. She hates wearing glasses. She's like, I want to have, like, eye <laughs> surgery. So I want to have LASIK surgery. I'm like, I'm not paying for LASIK surgery. I think you look great in glasses. Like, I love it, right? So she wears her glasses just for me because she's awesome. And so, like, I, it would be so easy for me to be like, yeah, just put the glasses on, right? But instead of saying, like, hey, thank you for wearing those glasses. I know that sounds so small and petty, but, like, throw the parade. Like, I know you don't like wearing glasses, but, man, thank you so much for wearing those glasses because... You look good, you know, like, and, and, and just brag on that. And there are a million things like, where are they doing something that they don't even like to do, but they're doing it because you like to do it. They saw the movie that you wanted to see or ate at the restaurant that you wanted to eat at or, or whatever it is, like throw the parade, throw the parade, throw the parade, throw the parade, throw the parade. All right. Last thing I want to say about celebrations, then we're going to wrap it up. This is kind of a soapbox pet peeve, so I don't know, cut me off if I start ranting. Um, if the only place that you're like praising your spouse, you know what I'm going to say? is Facebook, that's not enough, okay? Because the reality is you're really putting it on Facebook so you look good, okay? Whoa. And so like Facebook PDA does not really count as PDA. Like every now and then, that's awesome. Like, oh, I'm married to the greatest man. Oh, I'm married to the greatest woman, whatever. But so much of that, you're having to filter it through like what other people are thinking. Did I take that picture right? Was that the right? Like if you're telling the world, but you're not telling them, that's not helpful. So if you want to keep doing the Facebook PDA, make sure you're telling them to their face so that they're not looking like, oh, yeah, like they've never really told me that. 
but they've told somebody else that. I don't know why I thought that was important, but I thought it was important because I think sometimes we can never publicly praise someone. And then on Facebook, we look like the most awesome spouse ever. Cause like, oh, I'm married to the most amazing man and he's this and he's that. Have you told him that? Tell him that. And then, you know, post all you want on Facebook. That's awesome. But let's don't do just like the social media, like, oh my gosh, you know, this is incredible and not talk to our spouse. I said that really nicely, right? All right, so um, we wanna communicate expectation. We wanna communicate frustration. We wanna communicate celebration, all right? Expectation, frustration, celebration. And when we begin to do that, we're gonna come out of hiding and we're going to be a couple together honest, vulnerable, intimate together because we're communicating expectation, frustration, and celebration. I think the biggest hurdle to overcome, and we just saw a TV episode with this this week, is the first time that your spouse communicates something tough and you don't honor them by being encouraging or listening, but instead you throw it back in their face or you overreact it, it diminishes what they're trying to do. Does that make sense? It's phenomenal. I don't say anything else about that. No, I just think it's huge. I think when, especially coming out of this series, there's a couple who's sitting here and they're contemplating how to be a better communicator about something that is really gonna be challenging to be honest about. And I just want to say to all, you know, partners, spouses, people involved, like when someone makes themselves vulnerable, right? Because we know that back in the garden, when sin entered in, our, we wanna hide. We, we wanna, you know, not expose our shame. And you have to be the kind of person that can be a safe place for that. And you, it, it, like, they're doing everything they can. The other spouse is doing everything they can to, to find the courage to be honest with you. And when you mishandle that, it's, it's just so much harder to get back there. Uh, we didn't really have any questions come in. Just one person making fun of my cardigan. So we're going to let that go. Um, I like that sweater. Thanks for wearing that sweater for me, babe, because you know I like it. I it for you. Um, so I want to pray for us. And I know that over these last three weeks, we have thrown so much information at you. And we've even kind of felt bad about it. Like, like it's just like so, so much, you know, instead of small little things. But we had three weeks to kind of just say everything we think we need to say about marriage and so and getting married and relationships. And so our prayer for you is just that, that you would have an incredible relationship, incredible marriage, and that God would bless that because you're gonna put in the work, the hard conversations, the questions, the time together, throw those parades, and God is going to do something incredible in your home. And uh, that's our prayer, prayer for you. So I wanna, I wanna pray for us.